that's a great point you made too about having that translate into other areas of your life when when you hear some doubts or some things that people say to you that that maybe are might affect you differently if you were in a different place but when those words come at you and you've built such a confidence in your abilities and what what you do and what you show up for and the person that you are they don't even affect you The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Rachel. And do you know what I noticed? You don't even ask me if I want to do the intro anymore. You don't even say like, <laughs> can we do the intro? You want to do the intro? Me do the intro? Like, you don't even ask. No. You're just no. really taking that over. Yeah, I just, I just go for it. Sometimes, you know, like I have a level of impatience (laughs) and then I just send it. It just grows every day. It's, it grows smaller. (laughs) I don't know if it grows, it's. My impatience grows larger. My patience grows smaller. (laughs) It's very, um, I feel a little like, I, I guess more relieved, you know, I, that was always a lot of pressure for me. You had to like, I'll do the rest of the podcast in like my regular voice, but I always felt like you got to do the intro, like in your radio voice, which yeah. is a lot for me. Just a lot for me. No, then you have the pressure taken off. You can just say you're rah, rah, Rachel. <laughs> I'm rah, rah, Rachel and I'm rah, rah here to rah, rah, kill it. So let's do this thing. But except I'm not because I can't even really talk. So. <laughs> so let's do a podcast. I want to do a podcast when you're just getting over pneumonia. That's like a great idea. That's an awesome plan. I can't. I just reemerged into the world. I just, I'm, I'm just coming back. It was my first day back in the world today. I went to Starbucks. Wow, you did? What an outing. It was big. Yeah, it was a big day. <laughs> I can't, I'm not like yet leaving my house because the amount I'm coughing is like. Well, I saw you yesterday. Do I not count? No, I mean, I'm going to mom's, but I'm like not going in the public. Yeah. Because the amount that I'm coughing is like, a. it's not a good, it's, you know, it's a different world out there. You can't really cough anymore. <laughs> Well, there's like, a, and then there's like a coughing fit that sends you into like, I'll talk to you guys in 10 minutes. Remember when that happened to me yesterday? Like when I talk too much, like it just, I just start dying. So if I just go out for a minute, it's just meaning, you know, just give me a second. I'll be back. I got my Ricola. Ricola. I got 15 <laughs> drinks, an inhaler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just working through it. I want to say that like before you got sick, we had this this other episode planned where we were going to talk about your vacation, do a little recap of your like revenge traveling going on. Can we still do that? What'd you say? Can we still do that though? Yes. Because I don't want to miss it. 
Well, you're going to have to talk it through. Okay. <laughs> How I was your vacation? I just need a break. Hold on. I just need a break. <laughs> okay. I have to take a breath. My, okay. So guys, before I got the plague, I had the most amazing vacation ever, like in history. I went away with my husband for the first time in like, I don't even know how long we, and I got a lot of resistance from him in the beginning about like going away from Rory and go, do, going and doing something for ourselves, like not working. Well, we still worked, but not like being away from work for, you know, a couple of days. It was like a, a lot of convincing, but I did the thing where like he was resisting and I was just like, well, I just booked it. So that's what you do. That's actually what you're famous for. <laughs> I I just feel sometimes people need like a little shove. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was one of those things that you had been saying that you were going to do for a while. You'd been talking about it with him for a while. You'd been saying you wanted to plan it for a while. COVID happened. Traveling stopped. There was like a whole bunch of things that happened, but it was something you really wanted to do. And you were not going to let up on it until you booked it. So I feel like booking it was the best thing to do. And I feel like it's kind of a great segue into some of our topics for today. Yeah, I just, I loved, like, first of all, I've never been to Arizona before. I've never been to the Southwest, like at all. So like, that was a really amazing thing to see. We got to see the Red Rocks and we hiked like a giant mountain. Oh, and I have to tell you the story about this funny story about this hiking, because this is going to just, this is so Mark, like this is like Mark in a nutshell. So we're going to go hiking and it's a beautiful day and we're going to get to see these amazing sights at the top of this, you know, whatever. We're going to like a vortex or whatever and it's like a spiritual thing and it's like, you know, whatever, super yoga. And so we're hiking up the mountain and it's going great and we are getting like Mark has like a minimal fear of heights. Like it's not like paralyzing fear, but if something has to get done on the roof at our house, like we know who's going up that type of fear. So, and it's not him. <laughs> so, you know, it's not paralyzing, but he hikes a lot. He hikes a lot in New Hampshire. Like he's hiked a lot of mountains. Like it's it, but this was a little bit different in that the hike was pretty like once you got to the top there, it was like kind of slippery with rocks. It's not like hiking in New Hampshire where there's like, you know, a lot of brush and just mostly like grass. This is like rocks. So you kind of have to like, not belay, but like you, I mean, not like boulder, but you have to like, you know, be on all fours and like, it's pretty steep. And he got to the top and he was like, I could see he was visibly uncomfortable. We had like a guide and he was like, he couldn't listen to anything the guide was saying. His like, he was like looking in all directions, just being very uncharacteristic, Mark. And he wanted to get out of there as soon as possible. And I said to him after like, that was so weird. Like how you got to the top of the mountain. I've never seen you like afraid of heights like that. And he was like, yeah, well, I mean like, I guess it's not a good idea to take edibles and then hike a mountain in the Red Rocks. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, well, I took a bunch of edibles because that's what you do before a hike. Everybody knows that. I said, everybody knows that? That's what you do before a hike in New Hampshire. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know that. I've been hiking in New Hampshire. I never took an edible. I did not know that. He was like, this, it's a thing. He's like, you, you get to take some edibles. You go for a hike. You have an experience. I'm like, 
What? And he was like, but that totally backfired <laughs> because it was not serving me to be that high. That and also high. that high. <laughs> <laughs> Way too much high in one spot. So it was, um, he got his experience a little bit rocked by, you know, how high he was literally and figuratively, but we had a wonderful time. We did so much stuff that is just like, I don't know, when you have like a little kid, you just stuff that you just can't like read. (laughs) We played pickleball, we played chess, like it was just amazing. And um, I will just say for the record, Mark didn't win a single game of pickleball. I won them all. And it was amazing. That's so great. I'm so glad you guys had such a magical time. I know you only went for a few days and like, I feel like you made the most of it. Thank you for listening to my family vacation story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm invested. I've been invested in the vacation the entire time. I've been waiting. I know you were invested and I didn't get to tell you that hiking story yet. So I figured, you know, why, why not? But All I want to say is if you're thinking about traveling somewhere and, you know, you're thinking about, you know, maybe it's spending some time with the people that you love and taking a break from your numerous responsibilities, just want to say I'm here for promotion of that 100% because it's so, so important and everything after that is just so much more quality rather than just like pushing through and just like trudging along and getting the bare minimum. Like you come back just so refreshed and we've both just had like such, well, then we got the plague, but (laughs) aside from getting the plague, you're mentally refreshed. It's so important to do things like that. So if you're thinking about planning something and your husband doesn't want to go, just book it anyway. (laughs) so true so true all right let's get into our topic today with all of the ladies we wanted to talk about why you don't trust yourself and I thought this was a great topic because there is I think we look at all of the examples of us not trusting ourselves and we kind of hyper focus on the examples and picking those things out instead of maybe the underlying root or the reason why we don't trust ourselves. So like, for example, when you're, when we talk about not trusting yourself, it's like, we hear this in diet culture all the time with, I can't keep that in the house because I will eat the whole bag. I don't trust myself around this food. Or when it comes to setting goals and feeling that you need constant accountability from someone outside of yourself because you don't trust the commitment that you made with yourself. The contract you signed with yourself is essentially the most important one you'll ever sign. I have this weird thing with the mistrust. I think at the base of it, and like you said, like we're talking about symptoms now of a root problem, right? You can you can kind of identify the behaviors and the symptoms that this looks like, but the root problem is a lack of confidence and a lack of confidence in yourself. And that translates to things we've talked about before that have to do with kind of giving away your power to everybody else and saying that that's that's really best because you're just not even suited for the job. And that is that stems from a lack of confidence. And the weird thing 
you know, a, well, I think that it needs to be addressed as women. You know, there is some social conditioning behind this where there is some socialization in, you know, make sure you're doubting yourself, make sure you're not overly confident. That doesn't look good on you. You look you, like you're vain or you look like you, you know, you're too assertive or all of these things. There, there are definitely issues there that are from a long line of social conditioning that we have to address. However, I really like to always recognize those things, but then also say, but like, okay, but this is today though. This is my life today. Those are the things that I was up against. And those are the things that may have been pushed on me without my knowledge. But today I have this day on Monday to live and I don't want to live like that anymore. And so I think it's important first for women to realize that there, there are confidence root issues that don't have anything to do with you. However, what are we going to do about the fact that it seems that there is such a lack of confidence behind so many of the things that we do? And I, when I saw this put this way, it was like on a reel or a TikTok or somebody kind of talking about a lack of confidence and, and why it really made sense to me, not only in the sense of, okay, wow, this, this is really, that's a symptom and this is the cause. But then also it really made sense to me in a way of like, wow, this is something that I see every day that we can actually practice and change. So that's why I was excited about it. It was put to me this way. If you are constantly breaking agreements that you made with yourself, you are consistently breaking down your own confidence in yourself because you have deemed yourself no longer reliable. Now, this makes 100% sense to me because if you put that in any other relationship ever in your life, where you look at if you make plans with someone all the time and they're consistently canceling, they are not showing up and you just deem them unreliable. You have to check in with them five times before you meet them somewhere because you're like, I don't know if they're even going to show up because like this person has proven to me to be an unreliable person. And the same message you're sending to yourself when you start to consistently break those promises with yourself and get you, you have more opportunity to break promises with yourself than anyone else has. Right? So like you, there's a little bit of playroom in there where like you have the opportunity every single day, multiple times a day to either make or break promises with yourself. So the stakes are higher and the opportunity to mess up is higher. But the problem is, is that you would in any other sense, deem another person to be unreliable. And the thing that really like when I started to break this down is that I think that as we break it down even further, there are lanes for this. I think that you can feel confident and like you trust yourself in some areas of your life and really have a significant amount of mistrust in other areas of your life. Because when we break down those decisions, right? Like for example, getting to the gym. I made a contract with myself. I'm going to go this way at this time. This is when I go. This is something that I am super confident in. 
For me personally, I have a lot of confidence in that, that I'm going to show up, that I'm going to continue to show up because for years I've built that trust with myself. And I know that like, even if I'm tired of this or that, I'm going to keep showing up because I have a lot of confidence in that area. But there are other lanes in my life where I've decided, where I, I look at the same thing and say like, I have some mistrust in myself when it comes to making decisions like this and maybe these type of relationships or these conversations, or maybe it comes to, for you, maybe it's like on the nutrition side, there's just very many lanes. And I think it's too simplistic to say, I have developed this confidence with myself because I continuously make agreements and I meet them in some areas. But in some areas, we're still working on that, right? But it's the same principle. It's the same principle of if you're seeing a lack of confidence in a certain area, it is likely because there have been many promises broken to yourself in that area. And that has slowly broke down your confidence. And I think it's really important and notable that you said the thing about the friends because and like showing up for things, I have lost many friends over the years because I am extremely unreliable when it comes to like showing up for a thing. You know, I am a kind of a person that like will say I want to go and in my mind I'll have good intentions on wanting to go. Um, and when it actually comes down to it, I am a big canceler and I, you know, prefer uh, it. I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible. I want to do exactly what I want to do at that time. And if that doesn't fit, I always, I'm, I'm very likely to push it aside. And I've lost very many friendships because I have not held that in high regard. What do the friends think about me after a certain point of how many times I cancel? They think about me that I'm not reliable. They think about me that I am not valuing the friendship and that I'm just not worthy of like their effort. Continuous effort. Yeah. Now say that about yourself. Okay. Replace me and my friend with me and myself. If I said those things about myself, I'm not worthy of this friendship. I, you know, I don't show up for things. I'm not trustworthy. Those are things that when you, when you say those things to yourself and when you're thinking those things about yourself, those are going to have ramifications that are going to be widespread in your life. It's no wonder that you go and question yourself on a job promotion when that is running in the background. I am unreliable. I am not trustworthy. I do not show up for things. I break my own promises. Like those things. And it really hit me, I think, when we first started talking about this, that all the things that I've been on for years on in health and fitness specifically mirror this. And I just never realized. I was always saying to people, the most important thing that you can do is set sustainable goals. And for some reason, I came up with this in my mind that the worst thing that you can do is set unsustainable goals. And I didn't have a clear path to why I thought that that was so bad. I just always saw people setting like unsustainable goals, failing, and then feeling bad about themselves. And I was like, that's a pattern. So I'm going to say that that's not a good route. 
I'm going to push people to always, you know, never to always think about their goals in ways that are actually going to work in their life and not these big overhauls and all this stuff. Then when I broke it down to this level, it was like, Oh, that's why. Because when they set those unsustainable goals, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you guys for coffee at two. Yeah, totally. And don't show up for it because it didn't fit their lifestyle. It wasn't, you know, something that they were, um, really committed to. It was just a side thought. The, it was something maybe they wanted to do, but weren't really, you know, all in on. That is exactly the same thing as saying, I'm just not going to show up for these plans. And then that whole negative talk starts of, I don't show up for things. I don't. And it was just because the goal wasn't set. Now, when people say to me, like, do you want to sing whatever? I say, like, I don't really like to make plans that far in advance. Like I'm just honest about it because I've now learned myself to a point where it's like, it's not sustainable for me to make plans a week in advance. Cause I'm, I'm just not likely to show up for it. So I'm not going to continue that same mistake. And that is what I like really it, like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, Oh, that's why these like crash diets and crazy lifestyle changes and stuff never work. But not only do they never work, but they're harmful to your overall self and other facets facets of your life that have nothing to do with health or fitness. Yeah. Because once you, you, you know, you make that commitment and then you continuously break it. So like, I think a good way of, of putting that, of like why we set sustainable goals is because you need to build trust with yourself. And the way to do that is to, you know, not, you know, go like from zero to a hundred, not start driving a car and get into a race car. You know what I mean? Like you have to build that trust with yourself. And I think if we thought about our goals and thought about our choices when it came to health and fitness as part of the journey to build that trust with ourselves, I think it would be more, I think it, I think we would understand more of like why, cause there's this whole culture of like reach for the stars, like blah, blah, blah. And I, and I'm, I'm here for it. Like I'm here for having big dreams, but the problem with that is, is if you bypass all the steps to get to that final thing, it will never happen. Right. So like we don't start our, you know, health and fitness journey. For example, like thinking that the next year we're going to go to the games, right? The CrossFit game. So like, we don't start like a kickboxing class and being like, well, I'm going to be a UFC fighter next year <laughs> or in like, or in two months, which is actually when it comes to health and fitness, like something that people do a lot is thinking in a month, you're going to be at a place that it took someone eight years to get to. And the, and the thing about that is, is that, you know, I think about when I, when I first started, when I first started with my health and fitness journey and what the goals were and what I, you know, looked around and saw, and it wasn't like, oh, okay, I'm going to start today. And then I'm going to be a professional at this, or even going to compare myself to the, those professionals. It was like, I'm going to try to get a strict pull up. <laughs> you know, it's those small things. And then once you get there and you start to build a little bit more trust with yourself, you start to build a little more trust and connection with you and your body and your decisions. And the fact that, you know, you're going to keep showing up for yourself, even if you fail. And that was one of the things I kind of wanted to bring up as well is like, 
We're so afraid of failure. It's almost wild because every single person who has ever tried a thing has failed at it. They had to. They literally have failed over and over and over and just kept showing up and showing up. And we're so afraid that if we start and we commit and we make a decision with ourselves that we are going to fail at it or we're not going to, you know, own up to our side of the bargain that we might as well just not start anyway. I mean, talk about a confidence killer, right? Like if we're talking about how we're going to build up the confidence in our life enough to trust ourselves, to make the right decisions, to be with the right people, to, you know, be driving our life in the direction we want to drive it in. Talk about the ultimate confidence killer is just saying, well, if I'm not going to succeed at this, then I'm not going to try. That's where everything goes to die. And I, I, I don't know. It's always, it's, it's always a weird thing because when you break it really down to just a day by day, if you just show up for the things that you said you were going to show up for, that in itself is the win, right? And you start to reframe Maybe I'm not going to go be a professional UFC fighter, but you know what? I can walk tall and stand confident and like I'm not being ripped down to shreds by one person's little criticism, little throwaway comment, because the last two months that I said I was going to do something, I did it. And that exercise in myself has made me believe that, you know what? I show up for things I say I'm going to show up for. I do things I said I'm going to do. I am confident in that if I say that it's going to happen, it will. And all of a sudden, everything that happens around you starts actually happening around you instead of to you. You know, and I, that's, that's, I think where you start to really focus in on your journey and really notice the value is not 10 pounds lost or going to be a professional UFC fighter or being even the best in your class or whatever your, or your health and fitness goals are running the 5k in X amount of time. It becomes something more of wow, I'm really getting addicted to this feeling that I get every time that I sign the check that I wrote. And that is like, I, I, that's why I'm showing up for this. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point you made too, about having that translate into other areas of your life. When, when you hear some doubts or some things that people say to you that, that maybe are, might affect you differently if you were in a different place. But when those words come at you and you've built such a confidence in your abilities and what what you do and what you show up for and the person that you are, they don't even affect you. Like they really don't. It's such a weird thing because I never, if you had talked to me eight years ago and you had said, Kelsey, you're going to get to a point where like people will say things to you about your body, your fitness, your whatever, and they won't even affect you at all. I'd be like, are you sure you're talking about me? Because like, 
I at one point was hanging on the approval of people around me, of the words of everyone around me. And then it, the more confidence you build on that, when people question your movement, your ability, your any of those things, it's like <laughs> it doesn't even matter because I have shown up for myself so many times in that area that the words of the doubts of other people, it's like, I've proven that wrong for years now. (laughs) Sorry, there's just no proof to support that. I have multiple layers of proof to support that you're actually not valid here. And that is the thing about about showing up for the things that you said you were going to do and cashing the checks that, you know, you wrote and really committing to honestly just yourself and your own integrity. And I think that it's, it's one of those things. Everybody is always looking for the way, how do you get this confidence? Where do you buy it? Is it on Amazon? Like what, where am I going for this? What do I have to do? Do I have to look in the mirror every day and say, you're so gorgeous. Look at you, hot girl. I can't do that. I, where do I, what do I have to lose 20 pounds? I don't, that's been not working for me. I've yielded that 900 times now in my life. Like, and even when I've got there, it's not the magical thing that I thought it was going to be. And all of these things, all these ways that we're looking for confidence. Really, I think that it's a new approach to look at it when you say it's really just the integrity that you carry within yourself. It's the ability to know that you are going to do what you said you're going to do every time. And it's not asking for perfection, right? Because it's not saying, I said I wanted to get a workout in today and then mid-workout my kid threw up all over the place and I couldn't even finish. And now what? Now like I'm a piece of shit, right? It's not that. It is simply saying, I'm going to set these, and that's why it's, it's got to be attainable, right? It's got to be sustainable. It's got to be something that works in your lifestyle, but setting an intention and following through with the intention. And it's not always going to look perfect. You might not always finish. You're absolutely going to fail 100%. Well, that's what, that's what I wanted to bring up too, that it doesn't, when you, when you set that agreement with yourself, it doesn't, it's not contingent upon what, how you how it went at the gym that day. It's not contingent upon your performance at the gym that day. Like showing up and deciding like, I am going to show up as intentionally the best me that I can today. At this time, I'm going to do the things that I said I'm going to do because it's done. I signed the contract myself. Now I'm going to cash it. It's not contingent upon if you showed up and you like absolutely crushed it or you were really sore and you just worked through some of the warm up. It's not contingent upon that. Because the end result is the same in, I mean, I've had situations where like, I've had every intention I've said, I'm going to get my fitness in today, like whatever at this time, like say you're like driving to the gym and you get a flat tire, you know what I mean? Like this is life. Like you're okay. I'm driving there. I got to fly. Now what am I supposed to do? I have to be working an hour and now it's going to get ruined. Like I've done things before where I'm like, well, while I'm waiting for the 
for the tow truck, I'm going to do a hundred air squats. And that's cashing the check that I said that I, you know, because I said I was going to do it. And then I found a way. Exactly. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be ideal. But if I said, I'm going to do a thing, then I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to see all the can'ts and I'm not going to demand perfection. I'm just going to simply say, this is the way in which I can get it done today. I have absolutely had huge sessions built out where I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I have this oil lift today, whatever. And, and it got completely trashed by something that happened. And I just said, well, it's a hundred burpees today then. And that can be, sometimes that happens just like it gets trashed by your body not feeling that way. Like I know recently I had an absolute, like I was super excited to train that day. And as soon as I started moving, my knee was like, are you kidding? Like it it was not on board with the plan that I had set. It was like, it came right in and it was like, no, this is not, this is not what I'm feeling today. But the pivot there is I didn't pack up and leave the gym. I said, my knee's not feeling it today. And you take a minute to, to like feel sorry for yourself and RIP the workout that I had going in my mind, RIP that training session. What is it now? Because that's not my fault, but it is my responsibility. So now I'm going to move to benching overhead movements. I'm going to do nothing weight bearing, nothing, nothing weight bearing with a squat, anything that is just bothering it. I'm going to sub it out and I'm going to see what it is that I can do because a lot of times we get stuck on the, the circumstances that led us to why we're feeling a certain right way, right? Like why we aren't feeling confident because, you know, social conditioning has told us in so many ways that we are not deserving of confidence or that our confidence has to be contingent on the approval of someone else. So that th- those are things that have been there and that is a hundred percent real. And I'm here for working that through and just knowing that that exists. Is that your fault? No, but is is it your responsibility? Yes, because this is your life. So whatever card you've been dealt, whatever hand you've been dealt, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to take it from here. That power is something that when given away can be the most powerful tool used against you. And when you have it, it can be the most powerful tool to use against the world. It's, it's just, it holds so much power and that mindset of, you know, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility and sticking to the things in, and like, you know, I know, I know that there's definitely a lot of I want to discuss nutrition for a second because we've done a lot of gym examples and I think that it's, you know, it's super um, tough sometimes to get there and whatever. But I think that if we're going to go full well-rounded, we need to talk about like, we need to, again, a huge light bulb moment for me. I've been saying for a long time that I think that it's really a negative experience to cut out any one food group because of all of the science saying that, you know, if the brain will think about a thing that you've said it can't have and how incredibly restrictive and disordered that can get. And, um, I, I knew these things because I've seen them in people, but when you put it in this context, it's like restricting an entire food group. And then inevitably, because this is your the entire course of your life, inevitably eating that food again has now said, I'm not trustworthy. I don't do what I said I'm going to do. It's, it's that same exact pattern. 
So that's why, you know, it really makes sense to say like, let's not ever say we're never going to eat that food group again because that's not realistic. Right. Yeah, well, and we like, would be remiss if we didn't talk about nutrition when it comes to mistrust, because there is no, <laughs> I can't think of someone that people have developed so much mistrust with themselves for than nutrition, honestly, because like it, it just is threaded in everything we do because we've had a more opportunity to build that mistrust. Cause you have to eat multiple times a day for <laughs> forever. Since, forever since the beginning of time, right? Like you have had more opportunities to either build trust or mistrust with yourself when it comes to nutrition. And most people have developed such a sense of mistrust with themselves that they need someone to tell them what it is they can and can't eat and demonizing food groups. This one's good. This one's bad. We can never have this one. And it just goes into this cycle of, you know, there's a lot of, we're going to do restriction. We're going to do binge eating. We're going to be off the wagon. We're going to be on the wagon. And it's this whole vicious, honestly abusive <laughs> cycle. With know, food. I just want to say one thing is like, people think that that has, oh, well, that'll do some damage to me. But like, really it's in all in the course of losing the 20 pounds. So that's, you know, it's well worth it, whatever. But you got to take it outside of those parameters because because constantly, constantly breaking bargains that you've made with yourself is going to, it's going to be everywhere. Then it's going to be in your job. It's going to be in your relationships. It's going to be in everything you say and everything that is said back to you is I'm a person who doesn't keep commitments and I'm a person who doesn't say what I'm going to, doesn't do what I'm going to say. And it's like, if you think of it in a big context of like, this is going to damage my entire personality and my entire life, then it doesn't seem so worth it. Then is that 10 pounds worth it? Right. Like if you, if you bring it back like into the, to the, the bigger picture, is that really worth it? It's just one of those things where, you know, again, we can have goals, we can have things and, and it's important, right? Because if you don't set those things where you say like, I have this goal and I'm going to show up for it every day, that's, that is the way to build the confidence, right? So we have to have those things and it's good and it's healthy. We just want to make sure, especially surrounding health and fitness, when it comes to the goals, that they are ones that you can keep, ones that are going to work, ones that you can show up for every single day and ones that don't demand perfection. Because that is really everything that all that confidence that you are looking for, it lies behind the fact that if you trust yourself, everything becomes much more easy. Yeah. Hundred percent. So I want you guys to do something today that builds trust with yourself. Look at your day, just one day, real small. Today, what are the commitments you made to yourself? 
And at the end of the day, I want you to look back at them and look at the commitments, the cash, the, the checks you're cashing in with yourself and note them. You can write them down if you want. You can take a mental note. You can do your thing. But the fact is, is that you're going to start a day with looking at the commitments, making commitments to yourself and looking at them in that way. This is a commitment I'm making with myself, which is the most important commitment of my entire day trumps everyone else. And then at the end of the day, you're going to cash in those checks and see which ones that you kept. It's a great exercise. And also it really makes you value the kinds of commitments that you make with yourself. You're less likely to be loosey goosey about, you know, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, maybe I'll do that. I'll go on this diet, you know, because if you maybe start I'll do taking- that something else comes up better. If you start taking it seriously, like if I said, I'm going to do this, I actually have to do it. Then you start really analyzing the choices that you're making on a much deeper level. And that's always going to lead to success because if you're really thinking about the commitments that you're making and you're looking at all aspects of them, they're going to be better commitments. Oh, for sure. Made on a whim. No. All right, guys, have an amazing rest of your week. Let us know the commitments you made with yourself and we love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.